0: Britain's haunted stories. Richard's enemies described him as malicious, wrathful, envious, little of stature, crook backed. If you're 45 and older right. and live
1: in the United States and you still don't have life insurance,
0: still a controversial figure 500 years after his death. Some blame Richard for a series of treacherous
1: murders. Mm. I'm listening to.
0: Creepiest Britain stories. Creepiest Britain stories, haunted tales. Okay, we're listening to some haunted stories about Britain. It's called The Creepiest Historic Hauntings in the British Isles, Historic Hauntings, Absolute History Channel, on YouTube. ...while others passionately defend him. What is known is that after the death of their father, King Edward IV, the two young princes were put under Richard's protection. Some say it was like assigning the uh. fox to guard the chicken. For the princes stood between Richard and the crown. Richard had his nephews declared illegitimate and thus ineligible for the throne. He then confined them to the tower for their own safety, he said. For months they were seen playing on the battlements and in their room. but suddenly, in the autumn of 1483, the two boys disappeared, never to be seen again. No one knows exactly what happened, but with his nephews out of the way, the last obstacle between Richard and the throne was removed, allowing him to be crowned King of England. Forty years later, Sir Thomas More, himself later executed at the tower, described in a book what he believed to be the fate of the boys. He said Richard had dispatched two of his men to the tower. As the boys slept, they stole into the room. Then they smothered the two sleeping princes. Moore wrote, They gave up their souls unto the joys of heaven, leaving to the tormentors their bodies dead in the bed. According to Moore, they were buried under a great heap of stone. In 1674, workmen uncovered a chest just near here, In it were the skeletons of two children. In 1933, these were scientifically examined. From the bone formation and the structure of the teeth, it was concluded they were the skeletons of two boys, a 12-year-old and a 9-year-old, matching the ages of the princes. As befitting a future king of England and his brother, the two small bodies, were interred at Westminster Abbey. But their hapless spirits linger in the bloody town. Betrayed, abandoned, murdered, they cling to each other in death as they did in life. The ghosts of the two little princes are reminders of the ruthless history of Britain's early monarchy, and the spirit that appears in this area of the tower is connected to another king's murderous determination. These rooms are the home of a particularly gruesome apparition. Anne Boleyn is the controversial figure in this story. Some champion her as a modern woman, vibrant, headstrong and intelligent. Her enemies saw her as an ambitious schemer with an arrogant, tempestuous spirit. Anne's boldness and independence enchanted King Henry VIII. The attraction would precipitate a major turning point in English history and a personal tragedy for Anne. The king was married to Catherine of Aragon but after 22 years she failed to produce a male heir. For the young flirtatious Anne Bullin, it was easy to bewitch the king. He pined for her. He wrote her passionate love letters. Matters came to a head when she became pregnant. Expecting the son he so desperately wanted and needed, to ensure the succession, the king convened parliament and had his marriage with Catherine annulled. And the divorce which followed caused the celebrated break with Rome and the beginning of Protestant England, of which Anne Boleyn... How would you like to collect five-figure checks by helping foreclosure victims recover monies that are legally owed to them. I'm talking about people who've lost their homes due to falling behind on their property taxes, which is happening more and more in today's troubled economy. Chances are these people fell behind due to circumstances out of their control. Losing jobs caused the celebrated break with Rome and the beginning of Protestant England, of which Anne Boleyn finally became queen. But she gave birth to a girl the future Queen Elizabeth I, Her second child, a longed-for boy, was stillborn. Henry grew tired of waiting for Anne to produce a son. His passions were aroused by a young lady-in-waiting, Jane Seymour. Where Anne had been the other woman, she was now the aggrieved wife. Anne had become an obstacle to Henry's dynastic ambitions. She had many enemies in court. Rumours of witchcraft, adultery, treason, even trumped-up charges of incest with her brother gave Henry the opportunity he needed. Anne was arrested and taken to the tower. Tried and found guilty, she was sentenced to be executed. As she awaited death, and had violent mood swings. One moment she was laughing, the next crying. Then a calm overcame her. She sent a message to Henry requesting that her head be cut off with a sword, not an axe. The axe was messy, and often took more than one stroke. The morning of May the 19th, 1536, a flock of scavenging ravens gathered to watch as Anne Boleyn was led into the courtyard of Tower Green. When the inevitable moment came, the executioner readied the sword behind her back. Anne looked forwards, and before she knew what was happening, eyewitnesses reported the executioner smote off her head at a stroke.
1: Immediately after the execution, the executioner picked up the head and displayed it to the crowd who had gathered to see the execution. And the story goes that the eyes continue to move, and the lips continue to move for several seconds after the beheading. The body was then put into an arrow chest. Apparently, there was no coffin available for some reason. Put into a narrow chest with the head tucked under her arm, and she was then buried in the chapel of St. Peter at Vincula, which was immediately behind the execution site.
0: Within 24 hours of Anne's burial, King Henry married his new wife. Headstrong in life, Anne Boleyn's spirit was not to be denied by death. An apparition has been sighted near where Anne spent her last days. In 1864, a Tire of London employee working there suddenly felt a cold mist around him. A woman's figure emerged. As the worker stood watching in wonder, the figure turned towards him. But where a face should have been, there was nothing.
1: Do you believe in ghosts? There are things which happen to people. They haven't happened to me, but they've happened to my wife, for example, and other people I know in the tower, which are difficult to explain um, by any sort of normal physical explanation. The frail
0: apparition dwells in a parallel universe, trapped between reality and the beyond. Are these restless souls condemned for eternity to walk this blood-stained earth, tormenting the human psyche? We've encountered some victims of England's long, harsh history. Perhaps we better leave this haunted tower before we too lose our heads. Have we persuaded you that the castle ghosts of England are real? I'm convinced that right now, somewhere, a ghost is preparing to make its nightly rounds, and another haunting will soon be underway. Scotland is a land that has witnessed a bloody history of intrigue and betrayal. The Victims of cruel torture and untimely death have become restless spirits, doomed to linger in its haunted castles. Cursing the generations that follow, their suffering echoes down the years. But that is not unusual in Scotland. Scotland's past is as rich and dramatic as its landscape. Its great mountains and dark secretive glens still echo with the battle cries of centuries ago. As well as Scotland's warlike traditions, there exists a strong belief in the powers of the supernatural. said that some Scots have the gift of foretelling the future, known as second sight. Each clan had a seer who was given to premonitions. But this gift of prophecy is more often a curse, for death and disaster constitute the commonest visions. Hauntings and paranormal activities are often concentrated in particular places a wood, a silent lake, a holy site or buildings where gruesome events have taken place. All over Scotland, relics of an ancient past confound modern man with their strange images and sounds. Scotland's turbulent history seeps into the present day and creates powerful apparitions. And Scottish castles, where much of that history has been played out, are where a great many of these hauntings have been experienced. Their very stones echo with the struggles they have witnessed. It is in these strongholds that the ghosts of the victims linger on. Scottish castles were the sites of many bloody battles fought to preserve independence against the English. But within Scotland's own borders, thousands were slaughtered as a result of violent feuds between different Scottish clans. A haunted fortress stands on the west coast of Scotland, in the region of Argyll. This is Duntroon Castle, dominating a rocky headland overlooking the Sound of Jura. Built more than 800 years ago to guard the surrounding countryside against raiders from across the sea, Duntroon is the oldest continuously inhabited castle in Scotland. Now a peaceful home. It was once the scene of bitter clan-fighting. To this day, Duntroon is haunted by the heroic deed of a lone piper who paid for his clan loyalty with a gruesome death. Mysterious music is often heard, the piper's desperate tune carried on the wind across the misty waters.
1: Um. Offering you a chance to atone for what you have done. (laughs) What exactly
0: are you asking me to do? the misty waters. The sound of Scottish pipes has haunted the castle for many years, summoning memories of Duntroon's brutal past. Other paranormal events occur within the castle. Furniture moves of its own accord, objects hurl themselves at walls. Clocks stop, and a gruesome discovery was unearthed beneath the castle flagstones. 400 years ago, our sitting room was the
1: approach to the main castle entrance, so anybody coming or going had to go through that room.
0: On certain nights, the Malcolm's dog behaved strangely, as if it had seen and heard something. Wish I could see what it is the dogs seen or felt. Uh, I haven't yet, but I hope one day I shall. To understand the hauntings of Duntroon, we must return to its blood-stained past. Duntroon was owned by the powerful Campbell clan. During the 1600s, Scottish clans were fiercely individual, ferociously holding sway over their regions. At that time, as a result of a civil war raging across Britain, the Scots were divided. The Campbells fought on the side of Parliament, while others, like their enemies, the Macdonalds, supported the king, Charles I. Hearing that most of the Campbells were away from their castle at Duntroon, Colquito, a Macdonald chieftain, took advantage of the situation and attacked the castle. As soon as the Macdonalds had taken Duntroon, Carl Quito sailed away to continue his campaign. He left behind a small garrison and his loyal piper to guard the castle. Pipers held an important place within the Scottish clans. Well educated and travelled, they ranked highly in the chief's household. When going into battle, the piper stood forth alone, piping the men onward, their focus of loyalty. The clan were determined to regain their castle from the McDonald's. In Kolkita's absence, they mounted a counterattack. Eventually the Campbell clan recaptured Dunchun. Every Macdonald was put to the sword. Except one. The Macdonald Piper. As privileged individuals, Pipers were protected. Tolquito's Piper was spared. Prisoned in the castle and surrounded by enemies, the Piper knew that his master would return to Duntru. At any time, Colquito's boat could appear across the waters, bringing him back and heralding the MacDonald clan's return to the castle and almost certain death. As day dawned, the Piper scanned the horizon for a glimpse of his master's boat, desperate to find a way of warning him. At last the piper saw a shape on the horizon and made out the MacDonald galley. He did the only thing he could to warn his master. He began to play his pipes. Across the waters Kolkito heard the faint strains of the bagpipes. He thought he recognized a familiar tune and assumed it was a welcoming air from his piper. But as he sailed nearer, the notes suddenly changed. And he realized that this was instead an urgent warning saying to him, Beware, turn back. Colquito turned his boat about, and the McDonald's sailed away to safety. But for the Piper, there was no escape. For the Campbells had realized the message in the tune. A punishment was found to fit the crime. They cut off his hands so he could play no more. The piper bled to death from his wounds. Those who dismissed the story as a romantic myth were suddenly confronted with gruesome evidence. In about 1880, a chilling discovery was made beneath these flagstones. Repairs were being carried out here and the stones were being replaced. Suddenly one of the workmen gasped in horror. John, look at this! He called his workmate over, staring up at them from its shallow grave was a human skull. When the surrounding slabs were lifted, a full skeleton was revealed. They saw quite clearly The skeleton had no hands. The workers in the castle lord stared in amazement. Surely the bones that lay before them were the mortal remains of the ghost that haunted the castle, the piper of Duntroon. We command into thy hands, most merciful father, the soul of this, our brother, departed. The lord of the castle asked the bishop to give the skeleton a proper burial and to exorcise the spirit that roamed Dantrude. Jesus
1: Christ.
0: The bishop performed the rite of bell, book, and candle. The fellowship
1: of the Holy Ghost be with us evermore.
0: But despite the exorcism, the Piper's spirit still seems to dwell within the castle. In spite of the disturbing events, objects being moved and broken, the Malcolm family learned to accept the ghostly presence. But why is the Piper still haunting Duntram? The reason is thought to do with the circumstances of his burial. As a Macdonald, the piper was more than likely a Catholic, but the burial service was Episcopalian. The Malcolm family believes that the piper's spirit was never truly laid to rest. A single standing stone marks the spot. Where the skeleton is said to have been buried, it is known as the Piper's grave. But though he is nameless, his courageous act has immortalized him, the Piper of Duntroon. lost soul the dogs seemed to notice. The haunting pipe music. Perhaps it is the piper returning to his post to pipe his lonely tune. The Scottish castle has three fearsome hauntings. On the east side of Scotland, in the Grampian region, north of Aberdeen, stands Fivey Castle. The great façade has been likened to a French chateau, with its five impressive towers, each one a monument to the successive families who have owned the castle. Long before Fivey's oldest surviving tower was built around 1400, the land was a royal hunting forest. It was from here that King Robert the Bruce dispensed justice. But the castle's baronial exterior hides a ghostly history. Sometimes the very stones and mortar of a building become the focus of supernatural power. Inanimate objects retain influences from the past. This seems to be the case at Fivey Castle. Fivy is steeped in mystery and strange tales. It is a castle with a disturbed soul, blighted by three different hauntings. A hidden chamber which causes blindness or death to those who disturb it. A centuries-old evil curse laid upon the castle, still felt by those who work there, and the ghost of a betrayed wife, the Green Lady, who walks Fivey's long corridors to this day. The castle's remarkable supernatural events are so evident that they have even convinced an unbeliever, the curator of arms and armour at Fife is Major John Payton. One wet January afternoon, as the Major entered Fivey's drawing room, he stepped aside to let somebody pass. But when he looked, no one was there. Only a strong rose perfume was left hanging in the air.
1: Hello. What Hello. You the
0: Major was urgently summoned to calm down a tourist who was in great distress. The visitor described to the major how she'd been looking around a bedroom when she saw something in the mirror that scared her half to death. Through a haze of shimmering green appeared the figure of a woman in a long, full dress, ropes of pearls around her neck. Then in the blinking of an eye, she was gone. The visitor was in a terrible state. She thought no one would believe her. But the Major told her she was wrong. He believed her. I don't doubt my mind. The Green Lady of Fivey. The Green Lady is thought to be the ghost of Dame Lillias Drummond. In the early 17th century, the owner of the castle was Alexander Seaton, Lord Fivey. He lived in the castle with his wife of many years, Dame Lilius. But Seaton was dissatisfied with her. He was a dominating personality and singularly ambitious. They had five daughters, but not a son, the heir he longed for. Relations of Dame Lilius lived nearby. Among the family was a young girl, Grizel. Seaton fell passionately in love with her. Suddenly, Dame Lilius was reported unwell. Within months, she was dead. Whispered rumours about how Lilius had died echoed around the castle. They focused on a tiny room at the top of one of the castle towers. Seaton, they said, had locked his wife up in this room. Anyone who attempted to release her was thrown out of a nearby window. Alone and half-man, Lilius starved to death. Only weeks after his wife's suspicious death, Seton married the young reserve Because of his powerful position within the Scottish hierarchy, Seton's actions were never questioned. Dame Lilius, however... Would soon return to take her revenge on the new bride and groom on their wedding night. Seaton and his new wife heard the sound of heavy sighs from outside the window. Seaton tried to calm Grizel's fears by telling her that it was only the sighing of the wind. He opened the window and looked out, but the night was still, and he could see nothing in the darkness. Seton again assured his young bride that there was no need to worry. As the night wore on, the sounds coming from the window grew louder and more human, like the cries of a woman in great despair. In the morning light, Grizel cautiously approached the window. She saw that something had been carved on the window ledge. In letters nearly three inches high and inscribed from the outside were the words, D. Lilius Drummond. They remain here. To this day, Dame Lilius had returned from the spirit world to exact her vengeance. The Green Lady is a startling apparition, but though her appearance is distressing, she rarely causes harm. Another supernatural energy found within the castle is deadlier. At the centre of its mystery is a hidden room and an ancient, lethal curse. Twice in Fivey's history, the curse of the hidden room was invoked. The curse is quite specific, death to the lord of the castle, or blindness to his wife, if anyone disturbs the chamber. In 1816, General William Gordon, the lord of Fivey, attempted to find the hidden room. The general failed to find easy access, and very soon after his attempt, he died. From that time, his wife, a folk, four-
1: I was down to talk to my doctor about Rebelsis. Ask your healthcare provider about Rebelsis today. From that
0: time, his wife, a former domestic servant in the castle, was afflicted by a blindness with which she went to her grave. Already crowded with supernatural phenomena, Five the house is yet another mystery. It is known as the Curse of the Weeping Stone. Its ominous presence hangs over the castle and can still be felt to this day. The tale of the curse is as old as the castle. More than 500 years ago, a prophet named Tamas the Rhymer was renowned for his gloomy predictions. He was ill-tempered and always quick to take offence. Thomas announced that he wished to visit Fivey Castle. In anticipation of his arrival and to welcome him, the castle's great doors were opened and were kept open at all times. But the years passed. Thomas had not come. Still, the door stood open. Seven years and a day after he'd first announced his intention to visit the castle, Thomas arrived. But as he approached the entrance, a freak storm blew up. The door slammed in his face. Thomas viewed the incident as a personal insult, and in his anger he laid a curse upon the castle and its lands. The curse spoke of three stones taken from the boundary markers of the castle lands. Until all three stones were found and reunited, a hex would remain on Friday. Thomas's curse of the weeping stones decreed that the firstborn sons of the families that lived at Friday would never... Inherit the castle. The curse is so powerful that the one weeping stone that has been recovered still exerts its evil influence. Christopher Hartley came under the stone's spell when he was working on its conservation and display. He soon had reason to wish he'd never set eyes on it. While we were working at the castle, I spent quite a lot of time with the weeping stone, um, examining it and preparing it for show to the public.
1: And it was strange that every time I seemed to be closely working with it,
0: shortly after, something terrible happened to me. The first time, having worked very closely with the stone, I twisted my ankle. And so did the surveyor, who had
1: also seen it on the same occasion. The next time, I sprained my knee very badly. And the third time, when I put it into a showcase, I was rushed to hospital in the middle of the night with kidney stones. I don't like to look at the stone anymore or go too close to it at all.
0: I try to avoid it if I can. Leaping stone also has remarkable and unexplained physical properties. Although kept in dry conditions in a wooden bowl, the stone becomes wet and the bowl fills with moisture. Castle's eerie history is very much alive, and though today it's tourists not courtiers, who throng the corridors, five-eighteens with spirits from the past, as Christopher Hartley says, the air here is very busy with more than human visitors. One great Scottish castle has a royal and haunted lineage. In the midst of the lush Angus landscape, at the centre of what was once a holy region, is Glam's castle. It is without doubt the most haunted castle in Scotland. Shakespeare chose Glam's as the setting for his tragedy in Macbeth. Here it is said, King Duncan was stabbed to death by Macbeth. Glam's hath murdered sleep. Macbeth shall sleep no more. But the real lords of Glam's, the Lyon family, have a long and violent history as dramatic as any Shakespearean tragedy. Originally a hunting lodge of the King of the Scots, Glam's was given to the Lyon family in 1372 by King Robert II. The castle was the childhood home of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother. In the calm light of day, this massive castle, with its turrets, fortifications and spires, exudes serenity, power, grandeur, even... Magic. But as night falls, the fairy tale image gives way to something more sinister. Glam's ghosts are numerous and legendary. Phantoms have been sighted in the castle for hundreds of years, and one lord of Glam's is said to have been visited by the master of all evil. A strange atmosphere pervades the castle chapel, a feeling Not threatening, but of overwhelming sadness, and the sound of a strange, hollow knocking. The atmosphere gradually intensifies into an aura around an ethereal grey lady. She kneels quietly at the altar, saying her prayers. Four hundred years ago, the close links between the Scottish royal family and Glam's castle had dreadful consequences. The sixth Lord Glam's had married the beautiful and accomplished Janet Douglas, and they had a son, John. The family lived peacefully at Glam's until the Lord died in 1528, leaving his wife in a very vulnerable position. Janet belonged to the Douglas clan. Her brother was stepfather to the king, James V, who despised his tyrannical stepfather. His loathing grew into an obsession, and he carried out a ruthless vendetta against the Douglases. The innocent Janet became the focus of the king's hatred. As a widow, Lady Glams no longer enjoyed the protection of marriage, and King James seized Glams for the crown. Lady Glams was accused of magic and sorcery, of witchcraft, and mixing deadly potions with which to poison the king. No one doubted that these charges were completely false, but she and her son were arrested and taken to Edinburgh Castle, where they were imprisoned in its dark, fearsome dungeon. To procure testimony of her alleged treachery, the king had to resort to torture. Lady Glam's faithful servants and clansmen were stretched on the rack to extract false evidence against her. Her 16-year-old son, John, was forced to witness these horrors before he himself was brutally tortured. These savage tactics worked. The king had his confession. God! God! Janet was convicted of witchcraft, and she and her son were condemned to death. On the 17th of July, 1537, Lady Glams was led out to her execution. almost blind because of her long incarceration in a dark dungeon. She was brought onto the castle hill of Edinburgh where she was burnt alive. The onlookers fell silent. An eyewitness account of the execution described her suffering with great commiseration being in the prime of her years of singular beauty and suffering, although a woman, with a man like her.
1: Her innocence
0: was never doubted. The account concluded that all men believed that the true cause of her execution was not witchcraft. The hatred which the king carried for her brothers. Janet's son John was luckier. Although condemned to death, he was reprieved until he came of age. But before this happened, James V himself died. Before his death, the king is said to have felt remorse for his action. It was the black spot in his reign, for he was generally known as the poor man's king for his many good works. On the accession to the throne of his baby daughter, Mary, Queen of Scots, the title, Lands and the Ransacked Castle of Glams were restored to the young Lord John. From the time of Janet's execution, the apparition of the Grey Lady began to appear at the castle. Although she died in Edinburgh, it is here to her home that her spirit returns. The hollow hammering sound often heard in Glam's when she appears is believed to be the ghostly echo of workmen building the scaffold on which Lady Glam's was put to death. This is the case with another of Glam's disturbing manifestations. Unexplained sounds have been heard in the castle late at night. Men's voices are giving. The rattle of dice and the spectre of an enormous man with a long flowing beard. Many of these hauntings have focused on the bedroom known as the blue room. One account recorded in the 1870s described the event. A guest at the castle wife of the Archbishop of York, was staying in the blue room. She awoke with the feeling that something had brushed her face, but she couldn't see anyone in the room. Suddenly a figure loomed over her, a figure with a long flowing beard and the face of a dead man. Other times in the castle, late at night, the family has been disturbed by the sound of men's voices raised in anger, cursing, and the rattle of dice being thrown. In 1454, Patrick, the first Lord Blans, was said to have played host to an evil visitor. Lord Glams was known for his love of gambling and often played cards with Earl Beardy of Crawford, so called because of his long, thick beard. The pair were playing together late one Saturday night, and a servant entered and reminded them of the hour. It was nearly the Sabbath, and gambling was forbidden on the Lord's Day. But the men ignored him and played on. At five minutes to midnight, the servant again entered and pointed out the time. Hello. We care not what dear the week it is, Earl Beardy roared. If we have a mind to, we shall play until doomsday. He would regret his words. Still the men played on. Then on the stroke of midnight, the door opened. A mysterious stranger entered. So. He proposed to join them in a game. The stranger sat down and placed a stake of sparkling rubies on the table. The three men started to play. Lord glams and Earl Beardy soon got into a heated argument.
1: The
0: stranger looked on. The sounds from the room became loud and furious and the servant longed to enter and see what was happening. But as he approached the door, he reeled back in terror. The two gambling men were enveloped in flames. That night, the castle knew it had entertained the prince of darkness, Lucifer. Two men were condemned by the devil to play until doomsday. The price for gambling on the Sabbath. Blocking up the room did little to silence the noises. And could it be that the spectre of the bearded corpse was in fact the Earl, condemned as one of the living dead? In Scotland, the dark and rugged beauty of the landscape reminds us of the country's vivid history. Its warring ancient clans, hard fighting men, and their violent battles. Bloody revenge and cruel deeds that echoed down the centuries. In the twilight world, between sleep and waking, spectres from another time move into our existence. To each of us, they appear as something different. Sound, smells, spirit form. Across the waves, the warning notes from a loyal clansman play on forever. A name etched in stone. A tangible reminder of a betrayed wife from the spirit world. Rising through the smoke and flames, an innocent, wronged soul returns home. Two men, prisoners in an endless game, are fated to play on until... Scotland is a land that has witnessed a bloody history of intrigue and betrayal. The victims of cruel torture and untimely death have become restless spirits, doomed to linger in its haunted castles. Cursing the generations that follow, their suffering echoes down the years. Deep in Wales's long memory is a history of violence and bloody curses, where the deeds of noblemen and warrior princes come back to haunt the living world. Acts of treachery and vengeance leave their stain within Wales's haunted castles. Wales is a land of ever changing scenery. (laughs) Stark bare mountains give way to soft valleys that glisten under the rain. Water is everywhere in this rainy country. Wherever you are in Wales, you are never far from the sea. Over the centuries, many Welsh have lost their lives in the savage waters. Each breaking way is said to be the spirit of some poor drowned soul. Come back to haunt the living. water holds special meaning. A mysterious underworld exists beneath lakes and in damp underground tunnels across the country. Legends tell of bottomless pools where monstrous creatures live. They bewitch passing travellers, drawing them to their death. Fierce and powerful creatures dwell in this dark, wet world. The symbol of Wales is the red dragon, called Adraigur. These winged dragons are said to have the feathers of a peacock's tail with all the colours of the rainbow. Even in death, dragons are dangerous, as their venomous teeth can kill anyone who touches them. Wales has a turbulent history. Castles and great houses testify to lives of murder, betrayal, lust, and vengeance.
1: In the Southwest,